When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On today's episode, getting school advice from a dropout, looking for love in a retirement community, and the joys of being a crazy cat's lady. All that and more on today's episode of Bad Advice with Lori Beth Denberg. Tell me out of my- And welcome to the Bad Advice Podcast. With me, as always, is Clark Crozier. Hello. Hello, Clark. How are you? I'm doing much better, and so are you. (laughs) And we know why. Because we have a big thank you to the Bad Advice community. That's right. Who heard our pleas (laughs) on our last episode about the mystery question. We were going insane. Insane. Oh, my God. We kept going over and over and over it. I, I cannot tell you. How many times I went through every single question we've ever yep. <laughs> answered, and I just <sighs> could not find it. And and but we knew we had answered it. We, we knew, knew it. it. So oh. we put the call out to you, dear listeners, and you responded beautifully. Again, this was for a question from our good friend Buck Melanoma Molly Russell's wart. Yes, and uh, even she. Didn't remember us yeah, answering it. Literally. But now I know for sure she has not listened to every episode. <laughs> it's exactly so right. So get on board. Oh, Mort. you just got called out, you Buck got... Melanoma Molly Russell's Am Mort. I... Wait, wait, wait. Did I throw shade? Yeah, I think a little. Did I do that? That was nice. That was I well done. I am so part of society <laughs> right now. But we had several... Um, you know, a, a bunch of responses yeah. through Facebook, Instagram saying you definitely answered this question. Yeah. And then I did, though, because I was like, where's your proof? Oh, I told I told Clark, you know, this person responded that we definitely answered that question. And he said, where's the proof? Yeah, I wanted to see it. There had to be a number. There yes. had to be an episode number to give us. And we found it because I listened backwards through the episodes one by one and didn't have to go that far because at, and I mean, in all honesty, everybody, I, I like, you know, skip 30, 30, 30. (laughs) I didn't listen. Like if it wasn't the question, I didn't sit and listen to the answer (laughs) You weren't and just be like 16 hours deep into the investigation. I just can't get enough of my voice. (laughs) Um, But I found it episode 27. It was the final question. And for whatever reason we had, 
a different question in there. Yeah. Another in, question that we have answered on another episode. Exactly. And I had that question in the script for the other episode, yeah. too. So that's, I don't yeah, know, something must have scene. happened. When I found it, I just called Clark and he answers the phone and I just go, episode 27, final answer. <laughs> no final question. Final question. Uh, is that your final answer? <laughs> I don't know. Can you help me find out? And you guys did. Yes. So. Thank you very much to everyone who participated Absolutely. in helping us not rip our hair out. And oh. also, I talked last week about, um, you know, we were talking about conventions and right. Comic-Cons yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. About the real estate convention that we go to every year. <laughs> um, and I mentioned Chew Baby. Yay, and Chew I, Baby. And I did put a picture up. Okay, um, good, And good. got a lot of love for it on Instagram, including nice. grab your socks and your hat, Clark. Okay. Chew Baby's mom what? wrote to me. No. She responded to the picture or she commented on the picture, whatever the word is. Sure, sure, Instagram, sure. And she said, that's my daughter. And her hashtag, inst no, not hashtag. <laughs> Damn, I'm old. Her Instagram name is at the real cute Baca. Okay. On Instagram. Is that wait, is that hers or is that the daughter? It's it's all pictures of the daughter. Oh, okay, good, good, um, good. and so friggin' Chewbaby's mom. Oh amazing and is she that she said, like, it's so nice of you to take the picture. And I wrote back, like, it was nice of you to let me. Well, now let me try and remember this correctly, because I feel like I, you know, I remember when you first met Chewbaby. Mm-hmm. You were signing, you were at an autographed portion of a convention. This person, uh, Chewbaby's mom, mm -hmm. must have been a fan, right? If she was in line oh, to get your there. autograph. Oh, I never thought about it that way. She must have been a fan. Well, Otherwise, she, she wouldn't have been in the line. Yeah. Well, so, I, you know, it's funny. I didn't think about it. I was like, they must have just been walking by. <laughs> this must have been like. A, an incredibly surreal moment for her mom of, to I be guess like, so. if this is true, randomly a celebrity just posted a picture of her and my daughter from five years ago. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Right? I hadn't thought about that. Mrs. Uh, Chew baby. Yeah. Mrs. The real cute Baca. Yes. If you are a fan, I appreciate you. And you, um, you know, Popped out the cutest little Chewbacca in the oh world. Oh my God, so cute. Yeah, so Ridiculous. that was cool. And you know what, though? Mm. I get a lot of support, and the show gets a lot of support, we do, from groups on Facebook and on Instagram. Oh, yeah. And there's just like, there's a couple that are just like really awesome. On Facebook, there's one called 90s Kids Only. Okay. And there's another one called 90s Nickelodeon Gang. Oh, okay. And so people will you know, that are, that are f friends of mine on Facebook will tag me in different posts. Oh, nice. So I go and see, we, we talked about one. There was something going on where somebody tagged me in the post and it was this whole thread about everyone saying how great I am and one person not liking me okay. and like making a fat joke. I think we oh, might've talked about it in our yeah, body image episode. Yeah. And that I was like, thank you so much. And you know, at blah, 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 real classy, <laughs> you know, so I, I get to see these, you know, these posts from different 90s, and these are two, the 90s kids only and the 90s Nickelodeon gang are just like great, awesome groups. Yeah, and it's fans from around the world. From around the world, and they all have that thing, which is great, where like right up top, it's like, 
basically, I mean, they say it nicely, like this is a place for, you know, fun nostalgia. If you are this or that or racist or basically they're like, if you're a dick asshole, you're getting kicked out. Right. And I'm like, I really like that. It's a safe space. Some of them say for this. And then there's a couple on Instagram that are awesome, too. Um, That one is 90s kids 90s. Okay. With a Z. The word kids ends with a Z. Sure, like you you have to in yeah. 90s literature. No, oh, I guess so. Yeah. That's one of those 90s Yeah, things. exactly. And it's it's very extreme to spell with a Z. <laughs> and because Whoa. the next one is also 90s throwback, and the 90s is spelled is with a Z. 90Z. See? Which sounds like a new Mercedes or something. <laughs> it does. But so I just basically want to thank everybody for their support and, you know, all the lovely things you say and all the yumminess throughout the years, but especially the people who confirmed that Clark and I were not crazy because I was not wanting to go back through every episode. That was where I was a couple weeks ago. And I'm like, we answered this question. Clark's like, I know we did. And I'm like, I'm just going to have to go back and listen to them all. And and then before I did that, I was like, I don't want to. So, you know, let's put it out to our listeners first. So you gave me hope that if I listened. It would work. And it did. And it did. Episode 27, final question. Totally worked. <sighs> Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Yes. Uh, but uh, now that we've appropriately uh, uh, appreciated all of our wonderful fans, yeah. let's move on to answering a couple of questions. And before we even get to questions, starting with a little bit of a follow-up, because I know you oh, love another follow-ups. One? Yep. We're doing... Getting lots of follow-ups these days, which I love. I uh, love it. Yeah, we've had a lot of amazing questions, and and it's so fun to kind of go back and find out what happened after the question. So uh, this is from Lauren, and Lauren says, hi, Lori Beth and Chad Kroger. Oops, I mean Clark. Oh, because, I remember her. Yeah, in, the, in her original email, I think she said she called me Chad Kroger, which is the Lead singer of Nickelback? Yeah, something like, was it Nickelback? I or? think it's Nickelback. Okay. But anyway, she thought my name was Chad Kroger. So anyway. uh, first off, I wanted to say thank you so much for the advice. You really gave me a lot to think about. And while I haven't completely made up my mind about what I want to do school-wise, I wanted to update you on a new endeavor I've taken on. When you said in your answer that it may help if I had something else to stimulate my brain besides work, That really stuck with me. It may seem small and silly, but a few weeks ago, I started delivering for DoorDash. I wanted something that I could do in my own time to make extra money without taking on the commitment of a second job. Let me tell you, it's done wonders for me. Oh, nice. I love driving around whenever I feel like it, and I've already made a good chunk of change that has eased my financial burden a little. I mean, let's face it, life ain't cheap. It's also done wonders for my mental health being out and about more. I've even dragged a friend on some deliveries with me, and we've had a blast. Like I said, I still have some kinks to work out, but I'm on my way. Thank you so much, and I owe you two giant hugs for your advice. Hashtag one million hugs. Hashtag one million hugs. Hashtag one million hugs. That's from Lauren. Lauren. So I'm remembering now Lauren was like, 
she she didn't hate her job, but she didn't want to do it forever. Yes. And she didn't know what else to do. She wanted a career. Yeah, she was sick of having a job. She wanted to really find a career. And oh, and she hadn't stuck. gone to college. And so we were like, you don't have to go to college for something. Yeah. You can go try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly And to right. stimulate her brain. That's awesome. Right. Thank you so much for writing back. Yeah. And um, I'm very glad. And it is kind of fun. Like if, if, if I was doing DoorDash, which I haven't ruled out. Okay. I do love driving. Sure, sure. Um, you know, and you could take an unemployed friend with you. <laughs> That's true. That'd be kind of nice. <laughs> right? But, uh, you know, there's or, somewhere to park. Circle the block and if, come back. If it was you, probably dogs, right? You'd have a dog in your I car with you. I was thinking that, but I'd use a lot of gas because every time I left the car to do a delivery, I'd have to leave it on with the air conditioning. Well, yeah, but I don't think they always, I mean, you when you deliver from DoorDash, you just run up to the door. You put the food on the you, floor wait, and you walk do you, away. Do you run up to the door? Well, whatever or you do. Or do you dash up to the door? <laughs> uh, but this is also the other thing that I was thinking about is the unfortunate uh, progress of hashtag one million hugs. <sighs> yes. Because of the Delta variant <sighs> and because of the resurgence of COVID. Yeah, we are back in our little neck of the woods to wearing masks indoors indoors regardless of vaccination status yeah even disneyland went back and they're saying you have to have masks on when you're inside everywhere it's It's very very frustrating (sighs) it's very frustrating and i mean i'm doing it of course yeah and when i say it's frustrating i'm one of the people who thinks it's frustrating that you know People that are anti-vaccine and all of that kind of stuff are still, they're the ones causing the problem. Yep. They say, I've heard said, you know, we have a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Right. You know, and it's like me and you and whoever else is lovely and scientific have done what we need to do to get past this. So, you know, this is, I mean, the worst part about this is. Is we're way farther from Dr. Fauci calling me personally (laughs) to let me know I'm good to go with One Million Hugs and tour. For anyone who doesn't know, One Million Hugs is my initiative to when it's safe, when Dr. Fauci personally calls me (laughs) and we meet and possibly gives me a gentle kiss on the forehead. (laughs) When that, when I've been (laughs) Fauci-sized, that I will go from city to city, town to town, county to county, Set up a booth and right. give one million hugs. Yes, because I've because I miss hugging a lot yeah, of people. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, but Delta, Oof. Delta has come to get us. I've dealt a big blow to the oh, one million nice. hugs community. Yeah. Clark dashed all the way to that <laughs> pun. Here's my dad card. Just gonna pop <laughs> that in here. All right, more credits for me. So yes, but. The proliferation of us staying home right. and more people having food delivered is helping Lauren Lauren with her DoorDash. To be that's a, a great yes, point. Yes, a DoorDasheria. <laughs> oh, that sounded like Door Diarrhea. Uh, that's not great. Well. Lauren, don't do that. <laughs> the bag's all heavy and like... Just gross. Okay. Anyway. So anyway, thank you so much for uh, following up, Lauren. And we uh, hope to hear back from everyone that we talk to because we love you guys. Uh, But let's move on to an actual question question. Okay. Uh, And this is from somebody called Sean Sykes. 
Sean Sykes. Sean Sykes. And Sean Sykes says, I'm so worried about my grandchildren going back to school. This whole break, they got zero summer reading done and, well, didn't get shit done from last year's online school either. Any advice? Uh, I do have friends that are teachers. Yeah. And I have friends that have children in school, such as Clark. And Karen's a teacher and has uh, kids in school. She's both. She's just the most wonderful thing. (laughs) And then we're like, and now we have questions about clowns. Well, it turns out Karen is a clown. So, yeah, there is this complete feeling that last year was just lost. Yeah. That nobody learned. And this is from my, you know, my teacher friends as well. Yeah. You know, it was just like, you know, it was a wonk. People didn't take it seriously. When I say people, you know, she said half the class had their camera off, you know, where are the parents and this? And it's like, you know, part of that, there are a lot of people over this last 18 months that suddenly had a real appreciation for teachers. Oh, yeah. Big and, time, yeah. big time. The difference between dropping your kid off at school, making it their problem right. because it's their job. Right. And then being upset with the results. Like, why is my kid failing? Well, they don't do their work. They don't do this. And it's like, no, it must be you. Right. And then you've got the kid at home going, Jesus, you're the worst kid in the world. <laughs> you know? But exactly. Then you also have parents that, you know, just didn't care. Yeah. You know, and you have students Seriously. there. My friend teaches fourth grade. Well, I mean- at a certain point, there's nothing to care. Like you can't, you, there's no more care left in your body. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, you cared enough to get your kids set up and prepped for school and make sure he's awake and make sure he's fed and dressed and in school and sitting there yeah. and doing it. You can't force him to pay attention, Yeah. but you got to do like, and it's like the first week that you're doing that, it's kind of rough. Yeah. But when you're on your eighth month of it, it's just like you're exhausted. You ha- There's nothing left yeah. in you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's very. It was very exhausting for everyone involved, everyone, everyone involved. But I will say this because we didn't give any advice. We just agreed that last <laughs> year was a fucking terrible nightmare. Yes. So let's talk about that. All right. What do you need to know anyway? I mean, that goes into what grade are you in? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It has to do with, you know, yeah, you know. There's probably. Lex was in. Kindergarten. 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 Yeah. There's probably like three grades that you really get a lot of information in. Yeah. Everything else is kind of like either boosting or just getting, you know. Getting you ready for college or, yeah. you know, just like. It's funny. I'm waiting for you to say third, seventh, <laughs> and the last half of tenth. Like, <laughs> which ones be. do you mean? I mean, I'm probably fifth or sixth, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's when you're really transitioning out of elementary. Yeah. Uh, whatever the first year of middle school is, is like, I don't know. that To me, that feels like one of the most. One of the craziest years of school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if it's good that it's crazy. Like, are you getting, are you pushing through a, a barrier? Or is it just a horrible time in your life and everyone feels horrible at that moment? Well, I think, luckily, 
you are pushing through a barrier and it's a horrible time in your life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like elementary school, even fifth, sixth grade, looking back, you know, yeah, we had more work, but it was in this kind of kid-like atmosphere, right. you know, still art still projects. The it was still, yeah, you're still learning the basics, except for like two smart kids that are like, I do algebra in a class <laughs> after school. Exactly. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> two plus two is something. Don't pressure me. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Transitioning to middle school, yeah. which could be sixth or seventh yeah. grade for different people in different places. Um, it is kind of this push to, okay, now I have the six classes, yeah. depending on where you are. Yeah. You know, six our experience, teachers. yeah, our experience, Clark and I was, you know, you had the one teacher, first grade, Mrs. Right. Plaisance, you heard from her yeah. a few episodes ago. Yeah. And did I tell you, oh, I did, I sent you the screenshots and she said at one point, <laughs> And Clark had mentioned this to me because there oh, was a right. sex toy question. Right. There was a big dildo question. Yeah. And he's her. like, Do I want to put this in this episode with our first grade teacher? <laughs> Do I want to go right in from a big dick question to, <laughs> to Hey, Miss hey, Place Miss Place <laughs> And so we put it first. We still did it. Yeah, we did. Um you know, COVID or sex toys. Now we've mentioned both. In this I know one episode. this is going to be a premiere episode. This is <laughs> everything you could want and more. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, we did answer one, but she was saying she um, messaged me on the Facebook. Yeah. And she was like, it was so great. I'm so, I said, did you like it? And she goes, no, I loved it. <laughs> and she said at one point, um, I kind of forgot. I can't believe the things we talked about. I kind of forgot that, people would be listening. Right. And then she wrote, but with everything else that was said in the show, I guess anything goes. Because <laughs> right. of course she listened to the whole show. Of course. About, you know, so that might've been the one where the girl had the boyfriend with a really big dick. And oh, I think, yes. I think that might've been it. Yes. I think you're right. And she was it like, wasn't how a do sex I handle toy question. this? It was a literal big dick question. Yeah. How do I handle this? And I say with both hands. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's what our first grade teacher got to hear before her thing. And she yeah, commented on that. Exactly. But if you're listening, Valerie, we love you. Yes, absolutely. And if, but, <laughs> if I was going to say, if you have questions about sex toys, <laughs> but maybe don't, I feel yeah. uncomfortable even having said that. <laughs> but yeah, so you're in elementary and you have that one teacher. You're with that one person every day, five days a week, week after week for months on mm -hmm. end. It really does feel strange when you transition into junior high or middle school, whatever you want to call it. And now you have five, six teachers that you're dealing with every day. The yeah. odds of getting a shit teacher or an asshole skyrocket. Yep. And plus you're going from your smaller community to, you know, several elementary yes. schools, multiple that feed into junior high. That's right. And so you have all these new kids. It's a bigger campus. You, How can you find stuff? And obviously we all learn it and it's scary at first. Plus all of a sudden, you know, I'm bleeding out of my vagina yeah. or I have a constant boner exactly, and, you know, all of that shit going on. Like, this is the perfect time for my acne to really kick in. So let me ask you. Yeah. Was it a good thing or a bad thing that they missed that in 2020? <sighs> if you missed a year of junior high in 2020, are you worse off 
or better off. I think that's very interesting. I almost think it might have been like a whew right out of that for some kids like that in that transitional period. But then will it just like, would it just push to the next year? Like, is it inevitable? I think it is inevitable because a lot of the things I just said were scary. All the new kids. Right. And the new teachers and multiple teachers and the new schools. Well, they might have had multiple teachers on Zoom, like for the junior high stuff. They probably did. But, you know, the bigger campus and the more kids and, you know, that still is going to be all new. Right. And there's probably still going to be periods and boners. Yeah. Ideally. (laughs) This year, this year turned like every 14 year old girl has menopause. (laughs) Like everything stopped, including, you know, Uh, biology. Yeah, exactly. No, they like Benjamin button the other way. (laughs) While schoolwork got, you know, right smushed back exactly okay but le- anyway so any advice so, but uh, what i was gonna say is yes. like yes those are important years right knowledge wise but the bummer about lex not and not so much lex because he's a good kid yeah he's a really good kid yeah, but um is that in the earlier grades it's the socializing yes the socialization that's yes. really important and so for that Missing that is a big, a big part of the experience. Yeah. And learning, you know, it's like some people have brothers and sisters, so they know like, oh, that's not fair, whatever. Right. But to have it on a bigger scale with people who don't live like you live, everyone has a different life. Yeah. um, That's really important, too. So that will be missing, but hopefully it'll be again. You know, we'll get a back up and starting unless we get shut down again. Yeah, exactly. You Delta Force <laughs> bastards. So I think uh, going back to Sean Sykes. Yes. Uh, coming from two uh, uh, kind of uh, delinquents. Uh, don't worry about the school stuff. Yeah. Don't worry about the knowledge. The knowledge they'll get. The the math, the science, the, the history. Yeah. They'll get it, whether it's now or in a year or in three years. Yeah. The the school stuff isn't something you should worry about with your kids. Well, and especially because, and I know I'm not schoolish, <laughs> no. but um, most of that stuff is idiot bullshit. Yeah. And most of that stuff, you know, there's obviously this line of thinking that I subscribe to where it's all well and good to, you know, memorize dates and stuff, but looking at, you know, the waves of history, say just with history and social movements and like becoming a critical thinker and being able to assess things and have opinions and have all that kind of stuff is really important. Right. But it also has, zero to do with knowing the dates well precisely and that's what school primarily focuses on although i think things have gotten a little better since i was a dropout (laughs) i would hope so (laughs) but uh so yeah i think clark is right i wouldn't worry so much it it really is like the standardized testing for my teacher friends it's like they have to do this test and we need to get the scores and this and that and that's what they haven't you know 
because participation was, I mean, it wasn't optional, but kind of optional. Right. You know? And um, so that's a drag. But I will say this about the other part of Sean's question. Okay. She said they didn't get a lot of summer reading done. Oh, right. That doesn't have anything to do with school being shut down. No, no, no. So here's my advice. Start a little family book club. There you go. Because that is, you know, there is... And of course, I'm coming from, I know, obviously, I know parents, but I know teachers. Sure. And it is on the parents to be active. Absolutely. You know, it's like, why is my kid failing? You're a bad teacher. Like, no, other kids here are doing quite well. Yeah, exactly. You're a bad parent and your child (laughs) is stupid. But, um, you know, summer reading has nothing to do with that. So it's about. Sitting down, like, and it's, uh, you know, go read this book. It's like, no, <laughs> right, right. it's like, let's read it together. Yeah. Or read this chapter and then we'll talk about it or whatever. That's what I like. Yeah. And, you know, maybe you can let the kids pick the books. So, they, yeah. you know, sometimes you can pick the book and it's a cool old classic that you grew up with. Yes. And sometimes the kids can bring, uh, pick a book and it's some new, you know, Captain Underpants book that they really like. I Either like way, it. it's a win for you. All right. So hopefully that helps, Sean. Uh, Let's move on to question number three. And this is from Stephen. And Stephen says, I don't have a partner as I live in an area old people resign to die in. Insofar as everyone is taken or too seedy to even know. I do not have the funds to move. And the online dating scene is absolutely not for me. Fool me once, et cetera, et cetera. I've been told to wait for love, but I'm completely sure I won't find it here. The only income I receive is through Social Security due to a mental handicap that's kept me from unemployment for the past 14 years. My question, where do I even begin in regards to this? Is it futile to even try? That's Steven. Oh, Steven. Yeah. That sounds awful. Well, if you're if you for some reason moved into an old folks home. <laughs> well, no, first, before we go on. Yes. We have to figure out this clearly just says Florida to me. Oh, yes. Right. He moved into a place where it's either old people or crazy people. Well, that screams Florida. Florida or Arizona. Oh, yeah. There's that's a, a good toss point. Up. There's a toss up. Could be Arizona. Yeah. So but I, he's saying I moved into like. Is it an actual old folks home or is it just a territory? (laughs) Is it just a city or location? Um, And again, we get this all the time. People that are in a situation they don't like and they don't have money to move. They don't have money. Yeah. You know, this one is just a matter of like, I'm lonely. I don't have money. There's other, you know, bad relationships. I can't break up with him or her because I can't afford to live somewhere. Just really bums me out. And this is coming from someone who lives with their father for free. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I was making that joke as though I don't have those problems, but I do. Yeah, totally. Because I don't have the money to just go wherever I want. I mean, I'm not the second my dad dies. I actually (laughs) looked up because I was thinking my dad's in poor health and I was, you know, plotting and planning. Sure, sure. But no, you know, at some point and I was just sick of everything. Yeah. And I looked up 10 cheapest small towns in America. Okay. And one of them, and I spoke to someone from Michigan. Okay. And she was like, yeah, it's pretty nice down there. It was a small town in Michigan. But all the rest of them were places that I would hope no one knew I was raised Jewish. Oh, no. Yeah. It was just kind of like, 
you know, I this is not fair and it's not every single person, obviously, but in that town, black lives don't matter. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I just it was. And again, that's me. It's like I should do the research. But there, the one in Michigan, I was like, it's a possibility. <laughs> and of course, they took a lovely picture of it, like in the wa- on the water and whatever. And it's freezing cold there. So oh, it's kind of your dream. I would be so happy. <laughs> I did. We're going so far afield. Stephen, we'll get back, we'll to, get you back to you and your crushingly lonely life. <laughs> But I did go to house sit for my friend Tina again, who has caught in the cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. First of all, it's in a town. It's in a part of Los Angeles that's like 20 degrees cooler than it is at my house. Oh, so nice. And then they were like, turn down the air conditioning as cold as you want. So I had it cool. I had it at like 68, 69 degrees. Wow. And I slept so well. Nice. Uh, Another thing, Stephen, is that, and Clark. Yeah. I just responded to like the first guy on a dating app oh. who was like, let's meet for coffee or oh. something. What? And I said, that sounds good. What about this day? No. And I haven't been checking them a lot. And, you know, so I don't know how long ago he wrote to me or I don't wow. know what. So I was like, okay. When? When was this? Yesterday. Wow. Yesterday. And I haven't heard back and maybe I won't and it's fine. No, but if you took 15 weeks to respond to him, you got to give him 15 weeks to respond yeah, to you. No, I don't know. Like I have checked the app, but I'm not like. Constantly. Yeah, 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 we yeah, have this yeah. talk. I'm not paying for it yet. Right, I'm going right, to have right. to. But Derek on Bumble, if you're out wow. there. Yeah. So, but now Steven is letting me know he's been fooled once. Shame on him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so I just want to say, uh, didn't give me a lot of hope here, Steven. <laughs> You know, but I really, I really, really, really can relate to this, like, should I even bother to try? Yeah. Because I get stuck in that place a lot. Yeah. And I have been stuck in that place recently, really badly. Yeah. And it was kind of like, well, what's the, what's the option to just not try? Yeah. And that's like. You know, I'm I'm lonely and I'm unfulfilled and I'm whatever. Yeah. And not that a boyfriend relationship is going to fix everything. No. Although I totally think it will. <laughs> I totally think it will a lot. Um, but it was like, yeah, why not try? Yeah. Because I have had, you know, fool me once, shame on you. I've had those real relationships. I yeah. didn't meet them online. But those are you know, actual relationships I've had. So I'm like, I'll try it. Absolutely. That's fantastic. So Steven, it's worth it to try. Yes. It's worth it to try because what's your, you know, alternative. Does he say if he's gay or straight? Uh, He does not. No. Well, I mean, there is also the possibility that you're surrounded by super rich widows. Yay. There you go. You could Anna Nicole this shit. (laughs) You Anna Nicole it, you get a ton of money, then you can move away. Yes. And that seems like the best idea to not get (laughs) you under suspicion for murder. (laughs) I think it is worth it to try. I think it is worth it. You say you you settled somewhere, too, so it doesn't sound like that's where you're from. Right. You know, and if, and I understand that you have a disability and, you know, all that kind of stuff, so... It can be, you know, difficult because I was like, you know, 
look on one of the reputable yeah. sites that are like, you know, room for rent or whatever. Because yeah, yeah. if you can't afford, you know, your own house or apartment or whatever you've got going on now, there might be a cheaper option that could just get you somewhere else. Exactly. So then- That's- there might so be less true. rich widows, but maybe you'll just, you know, meet some be more happier. people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Which would be good too. So try all of those things. And, but so Hopefully, uh, one day, yeah, it'll be Mr. and Mrs. Derek and LB Bumble. <laughs> You're all invited. Save the date. Steven, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on. Stephen, I hope that helps. Let us know uh, how how the dating scene is uh, when you hear this. Um, we are moving on, though. I am very excited. We have not enough time for this at all, but oh, we no. are going to do a top ten and a half. And now, ladies and gentlemen, LB and Clark's top ten and a half. We thought about our musical theater days or drama kid days. Yes. So we're doing our top 10 and a half musicals. Woo. And we Woo. already, we already played the, the theme. Yes. Uh, no, there's I- nothing to play there. <laughs> I don't know what, uh, but let's, we time, time yeah. where we can't get, take too okay, much time. But, and here. these are like Broadway musicals. These are Broadway musicals. These are not like the best musicals of all time. These are just our favorites. Yes. We love these musicals. And I, I know for me, it's not even, I don't know if these are even like my top five. Cause my top five are constantly changing exactly. up around. These are just five that I really, really, really like. Yeah. Me too. I was like, I have to think back on all of history and I'm like, no, what springs to my mind yeah, when I think about this? Exactly. So, do you want to go first? Uh, either way, it's fine. I'll go first. Okay, first. so my first one is actually a new uh, uh, Broadway musical. Okay. It's just on a, like a past year or two. And I've never seen it. However, it's on, I believe, Hulu. It's on one of the streaming services you can actually watch okay. the whole Broadway show of SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh. It is so goddamn fun. It is. It does not deserve to be this fun. Like a musical about SpongeBob SquarePants should not be this goddamn good. It is so well done. the The performers that that were doing it when they had did the original run were just phenomenal. The guy that played Patrick was hilarious. The guy that played SpongeBob was great. Oh, the Sandy, the girl that played Sandy, so great. It was so much fun. If you listen to the music, I, I tried playing for you a couple of the tracks the other day. There's like, it wasn't written by one dude. This wasn't uh, Andrew yeah, yeah, Lloyd yeah. Webber. This was like 20 pop stars that came in and wrote one song a piece. So yeah. there's one by Cindy Lauper and there's one by, you know, all these different yeah, real famous It's musicians. really cool. I haven't sat down and watched more. I did watch like a couple YouTubes or something. Yeah. But it, it was really good. It's so fun. And I recommend if you're bored and you have nothing to do, go find it. I think it's on Hulu and watch it. It's awesome. All right. Yes. That's my number one. Okay. My number number one, which is really number two of 10. Okay. Here we get into me counting to 10 <laughs> is Les Miserables. Oh. I won't even go into saying Les Miserables. Um, when I was, however old I was when it came out originally, yeah. I was like 10, 12, 13, whatever. I got the cassette. Okay. I got the cassette recording. Was it a single or a double cassette? It was a single cassette. Okay. Um, and I listened to that 
constantly. Yeah. I was just so taken with it. It was so immersive and it was so rich and big and dramatic. Yeah. And I just like wore that shit out and knew every word and every, I was so into it. And I got the original French concept album. Oh. I got like, you know, probably that shirt with Cosette on it. <laughs> like I, it really solidified. I'd been in theater troops and stuff already. Yeah. But this really, I think was my first like, experience with it solidifying the bigger picture of professional theater. Yeah. So it was pretty awesome. It still is. Yeah. Clark, go to your number two, which is really three. Number three. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to actually, this is going to be a, a bit of a, a cop out for me because I do love this musical a whole hell of a lot. And this musical's name is hair. Okay. I love hair, but uh, just so that I can be fully honest with everyone, I was in here. Like yes. I, we our final production in high school that you were there for almost every performance yes. was hair. And it was such a momentous occasion in my life. And it just changed my view on the world because I would look at things differently. It's one thing to learn about the sixties and to learn about that uh, cultural revolution that was happening. Yeah. But then the more you dig into it and the more you find out about what was happening and what people were fighting for and how they were being treated. And it just, it changes your view on the, the, the fairy tale that is the world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That it, it kind of gives you a little bit of honesty in there yeah. and how death is just like, such a powerful, momentous thing that can affect you for the rest of your life and how scary it is to try and be pushed into a war. Yeah. And there, it was just, I don't know, it was personal to me and I, there is nothing that will ever make me give, give me the chills as much as that final song from Hair. Yeah. So Hair, Hair my second. Okay. Number, number three. And what's your second number four? My second number four is a, also a play, like your first one that you've never actually seen. Yeah. You saw it, the video. I saw the video. But I've never seen this one, and it's called City of Angels. Oh. It is, I love all the music. I know all the songs. Yeah. Uh, it's contemporary. It's this whole dub, from what I understand. I think it was 90s, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the story's about a writer and... Him trying to, you know, break into Hollywood, that Hollywood's going to buy his show that he's writing or his book that he's writing. Oh, his book that he's writing to turn into a movie. Gotcha. So then half the show is the story of that guy in the world. Mm. And then half the show is the story of his book. Oh. And I'm not sure, but I think half the show is in black and white oh. and half the show is in color. I could totally be making that up, but there are some really good fun fun and funny songs huh. and some dramatic stuff that's like really kind of uh you know there's a song called funny okay that's really dark okay it's really really dark so i'm i'm saying city of angels and i stand by it even though i have never seen it and might not know any of the details <laughs> all right i like it uh okay uh my number 3 yes is and again, this is something that I haven't seen yet because it is brand new and it had only been on Broadway for about a year before the pandemic hit. Uh, but again, is very, very personal to me. Mm -hmm. Beetlejuice. Oh. The Beetlejuice musical. When I first listened to it, I was because I was in 
I played Beetlejuice at Universal Studios. Yes. In Beetlejuice's Rockin' Graveyard Review. Yep. Uh, and we talked I did, about that last week. Did we? Because about how you dressed up as him at the convention. That's and then right. you couldn't get two feet without a picture. Without moving, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I used to play Beetlejuice at Universal Studios. And it was such a fun part. And it was so fun to play. And this new musical, I listened to it the first time. And I'm like, oh, well... They definitely changed from the story of the movie. Ah. They added stuff. They changed a lot of things. And I don't, I didn't know if I was into it, but I kept listening to it and I kept listening to it. And then I listened to it some more and I started like loving this musical. The music of the musical is so much fun. And they take that, that character, the Monona Ryder character, instead of just making her with her uh, dad and her stepmom, Mm -hmm. they make the death of her actual mom the opening of the play oh and then the reason why she wants to be with beetlejuice is she wants the she wants beetlejuice to get her to see her mom again oh like there's a whole nother layer of the beetlejuice musical that is not in the movie interesting really interesting i like that yeah Okay, so that's my number three. What's okay, your three? my number three, which is really number six, yes. is Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, yeah. Again, another one that I know every single word to. <laughs> it is Andrew Lloyd Webber. It is. But on a good day. <laughs> and um, I guess- at, It's at his most Weberiest. It, it, well, no, I think that it's like, well, the story was already there. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And this was a reason that I got excited to go to our high school, which for a long time had a great drama department. Yeah. It still might. I'm, uh. I mean, it's worse now that I'm not there, <laughs> obviously, because I was always the lead in every play, of right? Of course. Never, yeah. Yeah, never exactly. was. Exactly. Um, but they did a production of Jesus Christ Superstar when I was in like junior high. Mm. That was just really good. I mean, I don't know if I would think it was good now. Right. But I think so. Like it was just really great and there was talented people in it and uh, it just really, really struck me. I think that I got them flowers. Oh, and wow. sent flowers to the cast because nice. I'm a super nerd like that. I always got uh, 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 pasta. <laughs> you bring me pasta. Well, I gave like 30 people one, <laughs> one bouquet of flowers. Okay, right. So Jesus Christ Superstar, okay. my number three. So my number four is very unheard of. It was a very Ooh. short run. Not a lot of people know about it. Um, but it was amazing. I went to I went to New York on my 21st birthday. Okay. And it happened. I happened to go to tickets on the day they were having the final performance of a show called The Life. And I was oh. like watching going, okay, well, I'll go watch that. I it's saw the last that. performance. So I went and saw the last performance. The Life was fucking awesome. Yep. And it was about a bunch of hookers. Yep. And the one guy that's like the main pimp. And how he beats his girlfriend and he he does all this stuff. And the girlfriend is one of the hookers. And then he finds this new little white girl to come and join the, I don't know, cable of hookers, yes. whatever they're called. Uh, and um, it's the, a murder of hookers. Oh, a isn't murder it? of hookers. Okay. Like a murder um, of crows. Uh, but anyway, it, it is just so fun and the music is powerful. And there's just, there maybe it was just the show that I saw, but the leads were just like, Blowing the back of my head out of my body, just like powerful. It was amazing. And I think the little girl, the the young white girl that Mm -hmm. gets brought in was the girl from, uh, I think she was on Scandal. I think she was the, the president's wife in Scandal. 
Interesting. Yeah, anyway. I will say this is interesting, and I know we're going to run long because it's already yeah, probably uh, 80 minutes in. <laughs> I saw life on Broadway, and I you think did. about something. I'm not going to say what it is because it's really dark and depressing. Yeah. But I think about it all the time, and I think I thought about it yesterday. Shut up! And really? I, just so you guys know, Clark and I do not know what the other one is going to say. No, I I swear to God, I didn't even know if you were going to know what the life was. No, I totally did. Like I, I'm legitimately worried. We've done so well so far. I know, but that we have like the same. The we same do. Fifth. We do know what the last one is going to be. The half. The half. But yeah. Okay. So, so you the life is awesome. I'm pitching out next. Fun home. Oh, is that the one that's about the 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 funeral home yes it's uh it based on the comics of allison bechtel yes of the bechtel test yes um and it was just awesome oh wow it was so amazing i went i saw it in new york i just walked up i was able to get a ticket wow and it was really one of those things where you know it challenges the concept of what a musical is. Mm. You know, it's not like, oh, it's showboat. Turn up the curtain and here's the grand thing. Right. Here's the singer. Right. Um, you know, uh, just a really heart-wrenching story about, uh, you know, a little girl and she's growing up gay, but she doesn't, you know, all, it's really great. And the music is really great. And it is very dark and it is very funny. Mm. And look it up. Fun yeah. home. Wow, that's great. Um, okay, my uh, last choice. Uh, I, I want you to take a guess here. All right? I'm going to give you a clue. Oh, Ready? okay. My clue is it's a musical. It's a fairly new musical. Okay. Uh, about one of our founding fathers uh, and how, uh, you know, the trials and tribulations he went through. And uh, it's not really, you know, classical Broadway kind of music. It's more like modern kind of music. Okay. All right, what's my number one? Well, Clark, I think everyone is screaming at their podcast that it's <laughs> Hamilton. Yes, and that is incorrect. What? Incorrect. My choice is a musical called Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson. <laughs> yeah, it is so great. It's about Andrew Jackson, who is horrible, right? Yes. A horrible guy. But uh, Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson was came out maybe, I don't know, four or five years before Hamilton. Oh. And it's all like rock. It's rock music. Same way Hamilton used hip hop to tell that story. Yeah. They use rock, like metal kind of rock music to tell the bloody, bloody Andrew Jackson story. And wow. it is fun and goddamn too short. It is wow. one of those musicals where you listen through the whole thing and you're like, damn, I, I have to play it again. There's not enough. You want to keep listening to it. It wow. is so much fun. And again, I've never seen it. I never, you know, because we live in L.A., so not a lot of the the yeah. smaller musicals come out to us. But I cannot tell you how many times I've listened to Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson. OK, I will be looking that up directly yeah. after we finish this. It's awesome. Excellent. OK, okay here's my last one. Last one. Um, and I feel kind of like a kid who goes, the movie I just saw is my favorite movie. <laughs> this is one of the last shows I was able to see. It's it's uh, a newest show, but it won the Tony for best I almost said best picture for <laughs> best musical okay. at the Tonys. Uh, it's called Hades Town. Oh, I Hades have Town, heard of Hades Town. It is um, the story of Orpheus and Eurydice, huh. of the Greek godliness, and the other characters are Greek gods as well. Wow. Persephone and Hades. Wow. And it, the music is amazing, and the performances were amazing, huh. and it is a punch in the gut. 
It's a musical about Greek gods. Yes. And it's a punch in the gut. Like it's that yeah. close to home. But it's again, very, not again, I didn't say it, <laughs> but it's very contemporary. Okay. It's not, you know, yeah. there's nobody that's half goat with a, like a liar <laughs> strumming it in a garden. Right, right, You know, right. it's very contemporary and poses them all as, you know, modern characters but in this it's kind of in a middle world it's not like oh Orpheus works at Tower Records right 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 so um I mean I would just uh look it up there I finally got the original Broadway cast before this I only had the concept album oh wow which was still amazing but the uh even even Noble Daza, if you're out there, she's the lead. She played Eurydice on oh, Broadway that I saw, and I nice. just loved her. So, oh, so very excited awesome. to get that recording that included her in that cast. Okay, now I need to go listen to that. All okay. right, uh, but now yes. this brings us to our half. Yes. Do you want to describe what our half is? The half is an extraordinarily successful show. Sincerely successful. It is amazing. The music is awesome. It is inventive. Yeah. And it is fucking batshit crazy. Yeah. Our half of our ten and a half is cats. Thank you. I love most of the music. All of the music grew up on it. Yeah. Again, another Lloyd Webber. Yeah. Coming from, and people thought they were crazy to do it in the first place. <laughs> a musical about cats. <laughs> Ma, you've lost your mind. But, you know, and it came back into the zeitgeist when the movie came out. Right, exactly. And, you know, and everyone was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> and I'm like, it's cats. It's what did cats. you expect? It's supposed to be batshit crazy. It's cats. And I listened to one film reviewer show yeah. on NPR because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a liberal cunt. Um, <laughs> and, the, you know, the guy's like, it's just awful and ridiculous. And Sir Ian McKellen is drinking out of a bowl. And I'm like, yeah, he knows it's cats. <laughs> Exactly. Get on board. It's cats. Actually, when the pandemic first started, yeah. I put on my Instagram a picture from the movie. Oh, And I go, yeah. well, the way things are going now, cats wasn't such a catastrophe, was it? <laughs> I didn't say catastrophe. I didn't make a pun. Oh, but Clark, you're th have you ever seen cats? I've never seen cats. I saw they did a filmed version yes. of the Broadway show. Yes. I have seen that. I saw and it And then twice. I saw the movie. Yes, I saw the movie. But I I've loved never seen every it minute of it. It, it. There's just certain stories out there, whether that's Rocky Horror Picture Show, mm -hmm. whether that's Showgirls, there are just some stories out there that are appreciated because it's crazy batshit. Yes. Right? If you are a cat hater, if you, I'm sorry, if you are a cat's hater, <laughs> you are projecting and you need to look at yourself. Yeah, you're not looking for the fun in things yeah. because there is fun to be found in horrible shit sometimes. And not that this is horrible. Oh, yeah. No. It's just, well, okay. I will say, watching it, it's kind of a weird, pointless story. Like the Clark, story doesn't have cats. And that's the point. <laughs> Anybody That's who's really trying to point. think about it, it's, it's cats. just cats. And what you don't see is like both of us are going like, well, what did you expect with our hands and shoulders? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> it's cats, people. It is. But it is our half of the week. Yes. <laughs> this has been another segment of LB and Clark's Top 10 and a Half. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. Well, let's move on. Oh, God, that took all, uh, not as long as I was uh, fearing. Okay, good. That was pretty good. Uh, but well, let's get to the final question. And it's a, it's a bit of a short one. Uh, okay. This is from Jack. And Jack says, any advice on dealing with imposter syndrome? Been an issue for me over the past, uh, all my life. Wow. That's it. Jack. Jack, thank you for your question. Yeah. Um, I do know yeah. what that's like. Yeah. I really know what that's like. Um, and it feels like shit. Yeah. And I can tell you, because we've spoken on this show before about, you know, my awful childhood. And then yeah. we've spoken about, you know, my wonderful foray into television where right. everybody loved me. Right. Those things overlap. Right. You know, uh, so time. I'm being this, you know, cheerful Nickelodeon, vital information, loud librarian. But I'm still carrying everything from my past. Yep. And I'm not chipper and I'm not happy. And I'm not, you know, we've talked about how this, you know, I'm not, this is, I'm thinking back. I'm yeah. not saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, overall, I'm not happy. <laughs> right. Clark, I'm, I'm not, not happy. a happy person. But, um, <laughs> so I absolutely know that feeling yeah. of going, Nobody knows who I really am. Yeah. And if anybody knew me, they wouldn't like me. Or if I fuck up in the slightest, this is all disappearing. Exactly. In a, in a exactly. And I really have to rely on other people. I need to be honest about that, about yeah. how I feel yeah. and what's going on with other people, because other people are able to see reality. Right. And let me know what's what. Everyone is able to see uh, what's going on with you better than you are because you're too in the weeds for you to see it. Oh, 100%. But that's how everyone is. So yeah. as as well-informed as they might be about your life, they turn around and they're still like really disappointed in their own life. So it's like yeah. everyone feels that way. It's like a constant, it's like a chain link fence. And when you're... When it's very potent though, yeah. the imposter syndrome, do you want, just in case, do you want to... Are read you, what the, yeah. the definite yeah i actually pulled up he told me he put what it the up definition of imposter syn syndrome is just because in case Lori beth didn't know you know what the actual in physical definition in, of in it case was. it hadn't actually crushed my soul <laughs> so uh what i pulled is the impos imposter syndrome is a psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their skills talents or accomplishments and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud yeah that's so imposter syndrome i feel like you know contextually people might have gotten that but i i just remember that Absolutely. clark said you know for the last question i actually pulled up a definition that i might use and exactly. then of course i just Thought that would help some people. Absolutely. Some people who feel as good on the outside as they do <laughs> on the inside. Um, and what you were saying before, Clark, about how, you know, other people can reflect reality back to you because they can see it. Yeah. Especially when you've got a real chasm between those two. Yeah. Which is like, yes. you know, yes, we've yes. heard a lot about my life and then, oh, everybody loves me and I'm the best and I'm so funny and all this, you know, the flip right. side. So it's even a bigger, it's like, I feel like 10% is in front and 90% of me is behind the curtain. Right. 90% of me is hidden backstage right. in the underground tunnels. Right. And 
And I, I mean, not, I, I was going to say, and I work to keep that secret. Meanwhile, I've made progress and I talk about it every week. On this yeah, podcast. exactly. I talked about all I've talked about physical abuse and sexual abuse. And all, like, I've talked about a lot of my life and yeah. unfortunately there's still plenty <laughs> to relate. Plenty to go. Um, but yeah, that, that, feeling of being a fraud and that feeling of like i have to keep my real self uh secret yeah but then what i don't realize or appreciate or accept is that everything i'm doing in front of the curtain is my real life too yes it's 100% you know and i am doing those things and i am accomplishing those things and it takes someone who knows me well who knows both sides of the coin yeah to be able to point out what I'm doing is real. Yeah. And that it's not all completely fake. Yeah. Like it's not, this is the analogy I just came up with in my head because I'm me. Okay. How I feel is not the same as your really nice neighbor who's always there with a smile, but has 14 murdered women in his basement. Yeah, exactly. That's not quite imposter syndrome. <laughs> I mean, he exactly. could, no, abs- actually, he could absolutely feel that way. He could, yeah, but that's possible. I, I think that that's a little different than, you know. I could have killed so much more. I, I know. I just didn't doubt myself. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, but wait, let, let me bring up, I feel like this is a small version of the problem. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you were the officiant for our wedding. Correct. Before our wedding, you had never officiated a wedding. Correct. So was there a moment in that very first wedding, one our our wedding, where you were like, do I know what I'm doing here? Am I going to do this or am I going to be the a joke? Like there had to have been a moment when you were just starting to th- think about actually doing it for us where you were like, why am I doing this? Not, no, that didn't happen. No, but I will give you two examples okay. from your wedding. Okay. That explain this very thing. Okay. Perfect. I, first of all, I kept wondering if this was going to be actually legal or not. <laughs> Exactly. And I still kind of do. Right. Because I like I don't like hardly any of my weddings. You don't you didn't say this in your vows are like, do you? I do. Right. And I'm like, is that the legal part? Right. And, and like, and is it official? Like, I am an official officiant. Yeah. Um, sorry. Oops, I was wrong. Sorry, 30 couples. You're not married. <laughs> um, so there was that. But here's what I'll tell you okay. that I've never told you. Okay. I was in a relationship with a guy. He was at your wedding. He was. It was not a good relationship. It was not. He was not. He didn't give a shit. Yeah. And he was narcissistic. Yeah. And I thought he wasn't there when the wedding started. He's also always late. Mm. And I thought he wasn't there. And I was really sad about that while wow. we were doing the wedding. But you would never have told us because it was our wedding. And I'm sure you were like, this is, I'm not going to bring this drama up to Clark. No, that no. Well, upset I mean, him. we were literally, because like we were walking. doing, well, yeah, we were sequestered and then yeah. we walked down the aisle. Then I'm scanning and yeah. then I don't see him. Oh my and God. And I was like, you know, he's just like, mm. he's not here. And it turned out he was there, but this is what was going on in my background while I am 
performing your wedding ceremony. Yes. Oh my God, that's getting heartbreaking. getting cheered up about it, but I can play that off about how emotional I am <laughs> about your wedding, which I also was. You were, yeah, absolutely. I, ab- I absolutely was. Yeah, you were amazing. But so this, I mean, in that one moment of doing this thing, yeah. and then of course everyone's like, oh my God, that was so amazing. Thank right. you, thank you. And I'm just thinking like, you know, I I wasn't worth yeah. him even coming and showing up to exactly. watch me to support me because I've never you. done it before. And meanwhile, this was a guy who performed, and that you went and fucking sat through enough performances, yes, to support this dummy. Just so you know, and this could start a war, but he was a jazz guitarist, and I do not like jazz, oh. and I have done my time. I'm very supportive. Yeah. So I just oh. I I can't date another what jazz a musician. Horrible story. I never yeah. knew that. No, I wouldn't have told you. No, I mean, of course it, not. It just you, came yeah, up. No, no, no. But um, wow. Yeah. So it's like even in that one moment of doing something really momentous. Yes. Not only performing a wedding for the first time, performing your yeah, wedding exactly. after whatever thirty years, years or of a whatever. Relationship. And, oh, that's right. We didn't know each other until we were five. Exactly. <laughs> um, and being so into it and, and you know, performing. It's still like I was up trying to do it and read it and not fuck up. Yeah. And this is what was going on in, in my background. Wow. That's yeah. unbelievable. And that's what goes on a lot for a lot of people yeah. for me. Yeah. Because I'll be doing all this. How It's amazing how much you help people. And I'm not talking about people like how much I help people with this podcast. Right. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking right. about, you know, in my sobriety group and yeah. my with my friends, friends with whatever mainly. I'm doing that it's like, well, I'll be there in a second. Yeah. I'll be there in a heartbeat yep. and do do more than you need done. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, God, you're so amazing. Than you think you need done. Yeah. Or they say (laughs) to me, like, you're such a good daughter. You take care of your daddy. So lucky to have you. And I'm like, well, I don't make a lot of money. And, you know, I don't do this or that. It's always this background noise. Yeah. that makes me not want to believe it's like, I don't take the time to stop and believe the people that are reflecting what I do back to me. Right. And that's, you know, what's his name? Uh, his name is Jack. Jack. Sorry, Jack. I, f- I forgot your name. What's your real name? <laughs> um, he's like, my name is Andrew, but I have a double life. <laughs> you know, I really, really get that. That feeling yeah. of the of the being a fraud of if you saw what's behind the curtain, yeah. you would never talk to me again. And feeling like I'm keeping up a facade. Mm-hmm. Facade is a French word, meaning false front. <laughs> That's is. a line from the uh from the tram guide. From the Universal Studios tram yeah, guide. I said it many um, times. I know. I said it many times. <laughs> yes, and did. I was never a tram guide. <laughs> um, I really, really understand that feeling. Yeah. And the biggest part of it that I'm not good at and that I'm I'm working towards is trying to accept what is reality. Right. And there are things on both sides that are reality. Right. You know, that there's negative things or things that I need to improve on or things that I need to overcome. Yeah. That I wouldn't go shouting to everyone in the world. Right. But it doesn't mean the things I'm doing that people think are wonderful aren't true. It's true. And that is not easy. And I know it's not easy because I'm not doing it yet to, to I mean, I'm trying, Yeah. but it's hard. But for, 
what I'm getting from you is it's important to ask others their opinions, if especially if it's somebody that you trust. Yes. If you have a friend, if you have somebody that you trust, a coworker, it could be anything. A family member. Family member. As long as you trust them, you can talk to them about it. Tell them why you're scared. Tell them what you're afraid of. It's not just because you say your fears out loud does not mean they're going to come true. So that's really good advice. All right. I'll throw this out too. Yeah. A therapist. Yeah. That would be even better. Yeah. Oh my God. You know, you really want someone objective that you can be honest with. Exactly. Who it is illegal for them to share things. Exactly. Uh, But it's also, it's also immoral for them to be like, Oh, what a wonderful, that was so great. Like they're going to give you their honest uh, opinion because they, that's what they're supposed to be doing. Exactly. Wow. That's (sighs) really good. That was a tough one, but you know, it's, it's hard. This imposter syndrome. I feel like that's good luck, Jack. There is only one Jack. Yes. I feel like there's two LBs. You feel like there's two Jacks. There's only one of each of us. Exactly. So take all the good with the bad. You can't just take the bad. All right. But uh, that was it. That was our final question of the day. We did pretty good. Not too bad. But if you guys out there listening to us, if you have a question or a decision that's weighing heavily on you, please send it to us and let LB ease your burden. Send us your problems at AskLoriBeth.com. You can follow us on all of the socials at AskLoriBeth, or you can leave us a message with your voice at 1-855-336-2374. That's 1-855-DENBERG or 1-855-DENBERG. And you can find me at LB Denberg on Instagram, where I got you baby pictures and yeah. just awesome responses from you guys. Thank you again for helping Clark and I start to regrow our hair instead of trying to rip it more out. Uh, at Lori Bethenberg on Twitter and the Lori Bethenberg fan page on Facebook. GalaxyCon. GalaxyCon. GalaxyCon.com. Yeah. Nickelodeon uh, panel Q&A, personal private chats, autographs, August 4th. 8th, yes. Not August 4th. August 8th at 4 p.m. Yes. Eastern. Yes. And if you'd like to book me for a personalized video for a friend or loved one. Uh, Cameo? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can book me for that at cameo.com slash Lori Yeah. All right. Bye. Goodbye, Bubba's. That Advice stars Lori Beth Denberg and Clark Crozier. The show is produced by me, Jeremy Balin, and part of the Seltzer Kings Network. Our theme song is written and performed by Natty Ward. If you or someone you love is in need of some bad advice, you can submit your own question on our socials, all of which are Ask Lori Beth, or on our website at AskLoriBeth.com, or for a nostalgic twist, you can call 1-855-DENBERG. That's right, 1-855-336-2374, and leave your question there. Thanks for listening.